0: Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of Pin Count, the podcast where we go deep into the tech. We're not your normal tech news podcast, we are software developers and computer scientists. I'm Ian Wallace, and I'm here with my co-host Douglas Shearer. Hi Ian. Alright, so I see we've got a third round of follow-up to start with this time.
1: Yeah, so we've only got one piece of follow-up and yet again it's about the sensors on that iPhone 7 Plus. Uh, When I was making the show notes for the last episode I couldn't find the tweet that made me think or and, and say that the iPhone 7 Plus sensors were the same size. Um, I actually found evidence to the contrary, so it appears the contrary is correct.
0: This is good news because it means my maths that I carefully typeset in uh, episode 8 was in fact correct, and it does make sense.
1: Yeah, so we'll have a well-checked, well-fact-checked source uh, in the show notes for everyone to
0: have a look at. I'm disappointed no one told us we were wrong, so, you know. Well,
1: I actually found out I was, it I was wrong after I'd edited the episode while I was doing the show notes and I I couldn't be bothered to go back and edit it out, so yeah. Alright. No. We'll fix it in
0: these show notes. Um so you've I've been super busy so I've not caught up with most of this news, but you've um dropped some stuff in here about Intel. Intel's new chip.
1: Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of stuff about um Intel has sort of appeared over the last week or two weeks. Um the first thing is they've got a new Chip for Internet of Things, which I guess is actually just industrial applications, but um, IoT is one of the sort of uh, choo-choo buzzwords. Um, so, yeah, this is a E3900 family of chips.
0: Um, what are these guess, then? Are they? That sounds like a Xeon number, but presumably not.
1: No, it's a, um updated atom. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, and so taking their previous uh, single core atoms... Making some of them dual core. They might even have a single core. I can't see it quickly looking at the
0: specs. Um, but they're designed for production line use. Yeah, um, okay, so these will be um, like embedded chips and presumably high uh, temperature range.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 post quite a like they're saying minus forty to plus eighty five degrees Celsius on these chips. That's a pretty big range.
0: Yeah. Do you know which core they've got? Because I've just recently picked up one of the uh, Braswell based. Um, I think it's marketed as a Celeron, but it's effectively the the Atom core, Forty nanometer. I've been very impressed with it actually. Okay, I'm
1: not sure what core they have in these ones. I think it's maybe the same core they put in the recently released um, tablet.
0: Okay, atoms. I'm just I'm just looking, skimming their fact sheet, and annoyingly it doesn't tell me which generation of graphics they've got.
1: Yeah, maybe if this is designed for IoT, it doesn't have any graphics on it at all.
0: Yeah, uh, well they're talking about it for video processing and stuff, so that is where I found, because I've got a J thirty one seventy which is Braswell core, as I said, and um, but quite a lot of uh, execution units in the GPU. It's like eighteen unit e eighteen EU's in the GPU, and it's like super impressive. Like it it will decode four K in hardware using about twenty percent of the CPU. Um, just i basically just ticks over doing ten eighty p and um, like the quality is particularly good so i'm I'm playing back the same sources as I was playing back on a first generation ion platform and the like quality of the video decoding is noticeably much better from the same source
1: okay that's quite interesting yeah because um, I didn't expect decoding it. should be a what's the word, deterministic operation but you should get the same unless you're dropping frames because it can't do it quickly you should get the same output the same quality
0: uh, it must be um the filters applied to it to you know either denoise or you know artifacts and things like that. Yeah. It's, uh, it was just interesting. I thought it was a little data point. And what's this you got about? It's your favourite topic of flash memory from Intel as well.
1: Yeah, so uh, I think maybe last week or, or last week, last episode, um, I said it was odd we weren't seeing. This might even be a thing that we said privately, but I said it was odd that there was no M.2 format SSDs in servers because it seems to me you could fit a whole bunch of them in, in a server. No, uh, okay. For. for any sort of use, even just, you know, booting because it's just like a little, almost like a DIM card, you stick in the motherboard um, and yeah, 28th October Intel announced they're making an M.2 SSD for data centre use um, it's read optimised like a lot of data centre SSDs are um, not particularly exciting specs when you compare them to consumer items but um, it's interesting to see these and as we'll see in a
0: later a topic. Yeah, it's the next topic you got here there. Yeah, next topic. Um people are already looking at using So this is Microsoft to publish information on their future open compute servers. And I've I haven't looked at this at all. I mean you can tell me what you think the highlights are but just flicking through this um eight M two NVMe SSDs is, is quite exciting. Fifty gigabit networking. Um yeah, there's some pretty interesting stuff going on in there. What what got you Yeah eye?
1: so the the open compute project, I mean um,
0: Facebook and Google,
1: Intel, IBM Rackspace and a whole bunch of other people are involved in it and basically it's about taking their hardware designs and open sourcing them, um, quite a lot of the time they use custom rack designs where they can have power so centralise things like power and networking for and storage for the servers and then have the servers be way simpler than a regular sort of uh, like off the shelf server would be you get rid of a lot of the things that suck power for you know, um they, for things you don't use and mm. um, so a lot of the time people publish specs for servers they're already making this is a, a case where microsoft have actually published a spec for a future design because they want to get people's input before they go ahead and make it and there is some interesting things in it you said there's a m.2 ssds um, and there's four directly on the motherboard and you can put another four in it with a daughter card um, there's 24 dim slots. I've just seen
0: the really interesting thing, which is it's a dual socket board, but it's dual LGA 3647. Right, which yeah, that's uh, one of the items. Yeah, it's the
1: same socket as the Xeon Phi used yeah. that we had in episode 6. We talked about that. Yeah, um, Absolutely giant socket.
0: So yeah. either this is going to be enormous core count, or they're actually putting Xeon Phi's in it. Um. So the... Let me let's do some maths. Or... Ooh, or there's going to be Skylake EP parts. I've got huge amounts of onboard DRAM, like the Xeon 5s
1: Yeah. So the the chat is that Skylake E or X is is going to become, and Skylake EP are going to be two completely different product lines. They're going to split them. Um. So the the larger, more server-oriented chips are going to be on a far bigger um die. Okay. Um, just so they can fit more of them on I guess I guess as we get as Intel get to the point where they can't actually make things smaller they have to start making the dies bigger um, to get more cores on because they're still driving like a higher core count with each generation they've got it out to 2019 and they, they say how many cores they're going to do and they keep adding more and more so yeah, bigger, bigger socket for that um, and then yes, yeah, Keys is a, the smaller socket LGA 2066 um, and there was a good uh an Antec article on this that I'll link in the show notes.
0: 2066, sort of pins. I mean, it's 1150, a sort of typical i7. So that that implies um, big wide memory buses for lots of fast RAM.
1: Yeah, this um, has quite an impressive amount of memory. Let me find it. There
0: must be you must be able to get two terabytes into one of these, just in terms of the number of sockets.
1: You can, yeah, it's 32 DIMMs, and you can now get 256 gig modules, so you can get eight terabytes of RAM in one of these. Oh wow,
0: quite impressive. Uh, so I guess, yeah, this is kind of future stuff that won't really directly affect anyone that's not playing in the server space, but I uh, see your next item talking of um, leaks of future Intel CPUs. Is that some cabbie like desktop stuff?
1: Yeah, so I mean, these, um, the Skylake EP, these are leaks, and mi- people at like Microsoft and Amazon have obviously had huge clout with Intel. They're the biggest buyer for things like the EPs on E5 chips. So I don't think Intel are going to be too upset that Microsoft have leaked the socket sizes for the upcoming chips. Um People are generally more interested in the desktop chips, um, and recently there was a leak of desktop Kaby Lakes, uh, again, and covered this. These are pretty much exactly what you'd expect, they've taken the previous generation Skylake i7s and i5s. There's
0: some interesting frequency bumps in the base, so like the top end 7700k has got a base frequency of 4.2 gig, which is you know, really quite high. Oh, a dual core i3 at 4 gigahertz. That's
1: interesting. Yeah, so that, I highlighted that one. in the notes. the dual core i3. They made a previous generation that like a core i3 7300 will be the new chip and 6300 was the old chip. The old chip was at 3.8 gigahertz. I had a look at what the i3s actually are like at that range. In an i3, you get hyper-threading, but you don't get any sort of turbo on it. Whereas an i5 is no hyper-threading, but you get the turbo. and an i7, you get both. Um, okay. But these i three chips are quite interesting. I'd certainly be keen to see what they're actually like.
0: Yeah, that's quite interesting in that it's it's four gigahertz and it'll be able to maintain that in sixty five watts. That's pretty. Uh...
1: Yes, I hate it's Yeah, it should have a lot of compute power if it, you know, can actually maintain that four gigahertz all the time. There's been a little bit of chat about the yeah the base frequency rising as you talked about about whether these chips will be as overclockable as their predecessors. Mm. Um, I suppose we'll find out once they're released. It's how, how far are Intel pushing into the power envelope just to, you know, up the figure so the new chips look better than the old chip.
0: Yeah, I've certainly, I've got like a, um, oh, what's my new i5 I've got? It's a, uh, whatever the 4 series ones are called. So it's a two generations old now. But I'm certainly running that at 4 gigahertz, no bother on any air cooler. Yeah, it's interesting. This is kind of like, it reminds me a bit of the bad old days of Pentium 4 when they started really pushing the frequency because they didn't have anywhere else to go and um, that kind of stagnated into a bit of a dead end of CPU development for a while until Sandy Bridge came along. Yeah. I mean, okay, the core design was a big improvement, but it wasn't really till Sandy Bridge that really kicked off like a sort 15-20% of jump in one generation.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll get on to talking about the generation jumps in, the, in the, the next topic, but I saw someone slide from a talk today, I'll find it and put it in the show notes, where uh, a Pentium-4 had nearly the energy, de- energy density of a nuclear reactor,
0: Oh yeah, it's it's crazy. They they hit the um the because of the die size and the amount of heat they put out, they went up to like nearly hundred forty watts. They it's um a similar heat per millimeter cubed as a ceramic hob on a, on a cooker. Yeah, exactly.
1: that's, it's it's amazing, and it always amazes me how they managed to move back move back from it by going back to an, well, what looked to be an older design, but it was actually a smarter design. Yeah,
0: so I guess speaking of. Uh, New CPUs, like it's it's interesting. Does so, we'll talk about it. it. Was the new MacBook Pros that were announced at the time of recording last week? That's right. Yeah, we're recording late enough now that some interesting tech details and reviews are slipping out on the new MacBook Pros. Uh, what were you? What was your first reaction about them?
1: Um, my initial reaction last week was that I wasn't that interested. I use I tend to use my notebook most of the time, plugged into a big display. Um, being able to use a 5K display would be super yeah. I was going nice. to
0: say that's that's one of the best things about the new ones, as far as I can tell, is, especially in the 15s, they're one of the few machines that you could drive a pair of 5K displays off.
1: Yeah, I mean, even the... I mean, the two things that would get me to upgrade my notebook would be for the what they actually have, with the features that they have, is um, driving a 5K display, and also the storage is considerably faster than my 2013 machine. But the CPUs, what was it, two generations newer? It's only like 18% faster, Um I'm not that... Yeah, possible. so we'll get to this later, 18%. but I'm,
0: I feel that, they, yeah, they've They kind of... there's a miss and a hit here. I mean, it, significant GPU improvements apart from its AMD. Yeah. it's <laughs> kind of my yeah. feeling there. Um. So yeah, this is interesting. We'll maybe get on to what I was thinking about later. I mean, there's been... You see a lot of chat about people moaning, oh, they're not Pro Machines anymore, blah, 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 blah. I kind of... That's a bit of a funny argument, that one, because it's it's just it's just a name, Pro, right? Yeah. I mean,
1: I think I think people well, partly people want to speak, feel special, and then the second thing, everyone is a special snowflake who wants exactly this one feature that they've cut from the new MacBook Pro, like everyone.
0: Yeah, Pro means all kinds of different things to different people. What's good for me to work on a computer professionally is not good for other people. And I mean, it's not, it's you know, for me for professional work, MacBook nothing apple makes has been fast enough for years so they'd like everyone moans about apple being high-end only but for my purposes they're too low-end right i mean it's
1: yeah so i think i mean speaking about any more sort of positive light they did they, you can get the macbook pro with the is it touch bar it's called
0: magic touch bar maybe i can't remember magic, touch probably bar? magic. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah i can i can never remember. Um, They announced MacBook Pros with it and without it. And the machine without it is supposed to be a replacement for the MacBook Air. So it has the 15 watt class CPUs in it. And that's the one people have had for reviews. And the reviews of it have been really positive so far. Like, It has amazing battery life if you use it like a normal person. Um, well, I'd say a normal person. That's a bit derogatory. If you if you're using it for web browsing and sort of regular day to day tasks, you get incredible battery life out of it. But as soon as you take the CPU out of its comfort zone, you're encoding video. The battery life's not that great because the the battery isn't that big. You're Fifty just, water, you're I think that, Yeah, so you're just getting that life because the CPU doesn't use much power when it's idle. And that's a bit that would maybe be a little bit of concern for me. But that machine. It's probably actually the one I would buy. I don't think there's anything I would want in the larger machine, even with the extra ports. A
0: pair of five game monitors.
1: Uh, one's enough, I think. Um, one's an upgrade from what I have now. I'm
0: staring at one now, and I could definitely go to. <laughs> this is this is interesting. These links you've put in the show notes here. I was reading them as well, actually, and then I saw you'd put them in. Is yeah, what someone's describing as the nightmare that is USB-C Thunderbolt three, because there are so many different uh, specs that use the same USB-C port.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it, so the so USB C actually is the, the the shape and size of the connector. It's the physical interface of it. But it covers USB two, USB three point one Gen one, USB sorry, a USB three point one Gen two, um, alternate mode, which is where you can run Display Port, um, HDMI, Thunderbolt across it, um, and audio does power delivery, and yeah, and has an audio accessory mode. And not all the ports and all the devices support all of these things. It's yes, worse so, than that,
0: it's the cables, right? Identical Yeah, so the cables, cables are physically
1: different. Yeah. yeah. So it looks the same, it actually has different features, which, which I guess means like um, Apple's lightning cable
0: there is actually a chip in the connector. I think there might also just not be as many populated wires, we need to check on that, but I kind of think this is a problem, kind of, but most people only plug a few things into their computers and it's the same few things, because it's the things they own or the things that are on their office desk or whatever. Yeah. Um I mean you're not likely to rock up and connect some random PCIe enclosure to your laptop.
1: Yeah, I think if you're if you're wandering around with your laptop plugging random cables into it, you've got other security issues you need to be looking <laughs> yeah.
0: at. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh yeah, the suck it and see approach to yeah, plugging stuff in. Yeah, I think the,
1: the the gnashing of teeth about the lack of other ports and only having USB C I think it'll be pretty much a nothing. I mean how how do you move people onto a new standard? You know, you can either do it all at once like Apple are trying to do now, or you can try and give people all the ports and then some of the then the actual new ports get abandoned. That happened with um Firewire and the original Thunderbolt and Thunderbolt Two on Apple Notebooks. People just continue to use what they had.
0: Yeah, and there's also this um other um I don't know if there's a much of a brouhaha about it. It probably affects very few people. But on the thirteen-inch, the right-hand thirteen-inch touch bar, the right-hand PCIe ports have uh, less bandwidth than the left, and that that will yeah. be purely because compared to the fifteen, they're using one of the lower power power band CPUs, and they just don't have as many PCIe express lanes. I mean, this is yeah kind of not a surprise to anyone that understands what's going on in the CPU. And...
1: Yeah, Apple published a support document about it, and like you say, it's not going to be an issue because there is not going to be many people plugging in four Thunderbolt 3 devices that are pulling the full 40 gigabits per second.
0: Yeah, which is, that's a PCI 3 4X line, is that right? Yeah. 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 And yeah, not many people are going to be doing that. In fact, I doubt anyone's doing that, so. Um, I guess... The, been the next thing you've put in this uh bison box eGPU. they're one of the few companies well, there's a few companies out there one-stop systems make them that are making um pcie external closures that hook up over thunderbolt 3 to give you well you can plug in gpus or whatever
1: yeah i mean the interesting thing about this box from bison is they're actually saying specifically that it's designed for the mac
0: yeah but i mean i was chatting to the one-stop system guys at gtc and They're basically saying it's when you're connecting with a Thunderbolt, there's no drivers or anything that get involved. It's literally at the, you know, down at the hardware level. It's effectively just a direct expansion of your PCI Express bus. The operating system doesn't even need to know about it. Yeah. So, yeah, the interesting thing here will be driver support. And again, harking back to when we talked about how uh, Apple have been hiring NVIDIA driver talent and NVIDIA have been releasing their drivers. That's quite interesting because it gives the potential of getting, um, GPUs hooked up to modern Macs. Yeah. Shame about the RAM limit. That's a... Yeah, so the RAM limit's a sort of interesting
1: discussion on an, on in itself. Um, the older, the previous generation 15-inch MacBook Pro, you could put 32 gigs of RAM in it. Could you? But all the new ones are limited to 16.
0: I thought the old ones were limited to 16. I was, I was almost certain they were. So the new machines only
1: come with 16 gig of RAM, and someone emailed Apple... Um, See if I can find this the gentleman's name. I can't find it at the moment. Someone emailed Apple to ask if the machines, why the machines don't have sixteen gig of RAM, and if they think the new faster SSDs would make up for it. Now, I don't think this um, gentleman thought that they would make up for it. I think he was just feeling out what Apple thought about this. Okay, SSD. just to and fact Apple's... check
0: you there. I was right. It was only sixteen gig in the previous gen. Okay, I was pretty sure of that because I knew there was a good reason I wasn't using them for work. Yeah. So Apple got back. Um, We
1: can edit this so it's all in the right order. Apple got back and replied to the gentleman by email to say the reason for not having 32GB RAM is power. Um, When they had 32GB RAM and the machine used too much power and I guess they couldn't meet their targets. Um, Now this this seems a little bit strange to me. I
0: think it's space, not power.
1: Yeah, I think there's a little bit of both going on. I think the, the... the logic board's so small now, they're actually struggling to get enough chips on it. I'll
0: tell you why it's space, because I've so they're they're using DDR three, and the reason they're using DDR three is specifically they're using LP DDR three, the low power DDR three spec, because yep. they're not using they're not using KB Lake chips, they're using Skylake chips, and Skylake doesn't support LP DDR4. So if they want yep. low power DIMMs, they've got to be DDR three in the in these lower power parts that they're using. Um and given that, if you've only got two memory channels, that's six. It's only six, you're limited to sixteen gig per. Uh, sorry, you're limited to eight gig per channel. So you've got sixteen gig maximum. Because mm-hmm. for in my in my uh, work laptop, I've got thirty two gig, but that's four four channels worth, oh, with eight gigs each. Yep. And it's on a quad core part as well. The dual core parts of the previous generation only went up to sixteen gig as well. So, so. Uh, so yeah, the, I think they could have done it because the Skylake um, quad core parts will take sixty four gigs because we've got laptops at work that've got sixty four gigs in a quad core Skylake, so it's, it's definitely possible. Um, and they don't seem to particularly suffer in battery life either, so I, I kind of think it's a, a space thing more than the battery life thing. Yeah,
1: I think I think yeah, uh, I I think you're onto something there. I wonder if when we get Cable Lake, we'll see things bumped up to thirty two, and they'll go, "Oh, surprise! Look, you can get thirty two now. We did all the work to make it happen."
0: Yeah, I think, like, the power argument is correct if you say, with the unspoken caveat of and I only want two dim slots. Yeah, yeah. Although they'll be sorted on, but you know what I mean, two channels. Yeah.
1: So, uh, another thing, allegedly, or uh, another thing that people have complained about is the lack of the startup chime? I
0: know I read this and I was just too far, Apple, too far.
1: Yeah, and people have already gone to the effort to figure out how to turn it back on. Again. Yeah, you can you can prod the the BIOS and get yeah. it back on there. I'm waiting for the articles um, on how to make the Apple on the back of the screen light up again. <laughs> it's because I'm sure the LEDs in there, it's just not turned on. It's all looking conspiracy. You know
0: why it doesn't chime. By default, it's because the, they turn on automatically when you open the lid. You don't have to press a power button. Ah, do they even. How does it. What's the power button situation with the magic touch bar? Ooh, I don't know. I think they must have a power button because you must be able to turn them off. I've not actually looked. That's an interesting point. All right, well, while you're having a look at that. So, I listened to a bit of commentary on these as well. And yeah, I've got the show note comment in here that ATP has been making me angry. And uh, <laughs> so it's kind of there's kind of two things here. So, one is. Okay, we've mentioned that there are Skylake chips, which is the previous generation Intel. That and you're saying how uh, Kaby Lake's not that much faster, right? And but that's not actually a big deal if you've got some big jump. Like it's not a big generational jump this time in the CPUs, yeah. But there is an enormous generational jump in the GPUs that they can take advantage of. Yeah, I mean especially yeah, I if especially if they went to the Nvidia stuff, which they fell out with Nvidia years ago and don't seem to have made up yet. So doesn't appear to be happening, but. Even with the new AMD chips, it's an enormous, they're saying it's something like 100% or over 100% GPU improvement. And yeah, I'm not surprised, because there has been an enormous GPU generational jump. They've jumped down about two process sizes compared to where they were. Um, massively improved performance per watt, massively increased memory bandwidth, massively increased size of memory in the GPUs, although they haven't taken advantage of that. But, I mean, the new, for example, the new Razer systems, they're incredible. I mean, you know, sort of 8 gig... GPUs and lap- thin laptops. I mean, it's, there are some enormous jumps possible here. And it's, you know, the CPU almost... For most people, the CPU doesn't matter much. Uh, admittedly, yeah. admittedly, for most people, the GPU doesn't actually matter much either. Yeah,
1: this is the thing I was going to say. For most people, like, two cores is more than enough and actually making it a little bit faster isn't going to make much difference to them. Um, I, I've said this on a previous podcast, that we still need software to take advantage of more cores than the GPU. Also... see... Over and over again, people taking the same workstation as I have or the same pair of Xeon chips, I think they're 2670s, like 2.6 gig um, Sandy Bridge or Ivy Bridge, and trying to run Adobe Premiere with them. And they're really disappointed that a more modern, um, like f- a six or eight core or even four core um, i7 chip will actually run away from it doing Adobe Premiere because the Premiere isn't optimized to use more than four cores. And that's the case for a lot of software.
0: Yeah, you want the high IPC and the high clock speeds. Um, yeah. That's why that i3 you mentioned earlier with the very high clock speed for a low cost and low power envelope is interesting. But yeah, also, I mean, if I'm if I'm doing CPU limited work and it's the speed of the CPU that matters, I'm not going to do it on my laptop anyway. It doesn't matter if it's got two cores or it's got four cores or if, you know, they're three gig or four gig. Because if I'm maxing that thing out and I'm maxing out all the cores, I actually want to go and get 12 cores, 24 cores. You know, <laughs> it's... You know, two to four cores, or half again faster on this four cores, it makes no difference compared to running something on eight, ten. You know, many, many cores.
1: This is I've been happy with two cores for a long time because I have available to me. You know, machines with many, many more cores. So if I do need to run something more intensive on that, I can't just do it. Uh, I I even recently wrote a shell script that I can wrap any local script with and have it run on the remote machine and it takes care of moving files back and forwards and that sort of stuff and that's been great, it's solved almost all my problems. And this is the thing like
0: about pro use, it's like, you know what, if you're a pro and you're using computers to make your money and it's not fast enough, you know what you do? You buy another computer. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, not a problem. and um, So yeah, this is the, the kind of commentary that was um, making me rage a bit about ATP was them all discussing about oh they always talk about how i'm totally fine with them discussing about design choices they could have made differently in the macbook so you could have done this instead of that and it'd be better because of these reasons that's totally fine but it's when they talk about how to run apple that really gets me when they're saying oh you know tim should just do this and you know take the small price increase or whatever yeah but when it's your job to make money for the company and these things all have a cost a non-zero cost and who cares how small it is it multiplied by a huge number. Yeah. You know, these things To
1: steal to steal a phrase from John Gruber on his podcast, it's really easy to spend Tim Cook's money when you're the one not actually spending it.
0: Yeah, when they're like, oh it only costs an extra dollar or whatever to add extra RAM or whatever. Well yeah, you sound millions of a thing then. Million dollars right there. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah I kinda think so whilst we're not going to speculate or apple this, this kind of led me to think. Okay, well, just considering the machines and their technical merits, right? So ignore what they're charging for them or things like that. I was kind of thinking maybe they're not impressive because you know have we peaked laptop wise? Like how how would you even if you removed nearly any technical limitation you can think of, how would you make current laptops better? They're they're really pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think all I want is a faster CPU. I would take the same machine as I have that I bought in twenty thirteen. Just give me a faster CPU, maybe the ability to run a five K display.
0: But I mean even even take that to its logical conclusion, as we just said, it will never be fast enough for truly CPU bound work. Yeah. Um and in terms of like, okay, thinner and lighter laptops are nicer, the new ones are thin and light, I look at um look at the the MacBook, the single port one, it's super thin and light. You know, if you want that you can get that and it's I mean, how could laptops technically get better? They could get a bit faster and so on. But as we say, we'll, let's let's take that for my sake of my argument as granted that it doesn't matter if they get faster. They're all fast enough. Yeah. How could they get better? What would be what would get better about them? It would have to be something really radical, right?
1: Yeah. I think I mean some someone had a GIF where the magic touch bar like slowly moves around the keyboard replacing all the rows of keys.
0: Well, I, I think
1: it does worry me. It does worry me a bit that that's the direction Apple are taking it.
0: Have you seen the leaked Dell thing that was no. from yesterday at the Adobe conference? So it's like the. So this is kind of like leads back to what I was thinking of here. I was thinking, well, if you need to change computer computers, then Microsoft Studio, yep. Surface Studio. We've got, I'll put a link in the show notes. Penny Arcade did a good write up of it, um, and it's basically a big twenty-eight inch screen that you can pull down like a drawing table and and write on it and attach a dial through so Dell have their own thing but it's dual monitors you've got a monitor up in front of you and one down at like where the keyboard would be and they show in the video as a person using one they're typing on an on-screen keyboard on it and drawing on it and so on hmm, that's quite interesting so yeah but it's removing the keyboard thing and that's, uh, these are interesting because these are
1: yeah I mean, the Microsoft Surface Studio is, like a, is, a, is a very interesting machine for people who do a lot of illustration I can definitely see it being useful for
0: all seven of them yeah
1: yeah, yeah all seven of them I think I think you're right, like a regular laptop, like how do you make it better?
0: I was, I think mean, you can I mean, maybe you make it flexible. That would be better, right? <laughs> Can't bend. Well the, thing, the th- I mean the
1: things Apple are going to try and do, they're going to keep like they'll do like the same as the phones. They'll keep the battery life at ten hours and they'll just make it reduce the size and weight of it to zero.
0: I think waterproof would be quite nice in a laptop. Yeah like these uh, yeah. these are marginal things they're effectively not a different machine they're just such fine refinements now i think we've ba- i think we've basically got as good as laptops are getting that would be my argument these are really only small changes they do not dramatically change it yeah i think yeah. the last thought- the last dramatic change happened at the last MacBook Airs and you now effectively' written a retina MacBook Airs and that was about it um so i i, I just thought that was an interesting thought exercises maybe we're done with the, <laughs> with laptops and how good they can be. So it's all it's all minor changes from from here on out. Yeah. Um, desktops? I don't think so. I think I am interested in things like the studio. When I'm looking at a 27-inch 5K display here, and I'm thinking this could be bigger. That would be fine.
1: Uh, so a topic that this is sort of related. I just thought, could you put an FPGA in the like in the package with the Intel processor?
0: What would you like, do with that?
1: it? Well, you could do anything, and I've realised I actually forgot to put a link in the show notes. But someone now makes a a library of reusable. Of um, available at runtime, a library of reusable FPGA I don't know what you call it, layouts? IP
0: cores is the word you're looking for.
1: Right, so you can change them on the fly while the machine is running.
0: Yeah, systems do that. There's spacecraft that do yeah.
1: that. Well, let's get that inside a laptop because then you can make it specific to all sorts of things. Like on the fly. Mm. You're doing some video encoding? Well, here's the specific circuit for You're
0: laptop. assuming yeah. um, I don't know, I think a lot of people think FPGAs are a bit of a magic bullet, but they're they're not they're suited to certain things way more than okay. others um typically they suffer it's almost like the parallel versus high clock clock speed problem they they suffer from lower clock speeds relatively and things like that
1: yeah so you'd still need to be taken or making use of the parallelism
0: yeah so i guess that's pretty much any of our topics but i'd be, be super interested if anyone listening really has any thoughts on this like what, what do my thought experiment and think you know are we done with laptops? Is, is 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 this as good as it gets pretty much? Or can you think of a, you know, a big improvement or anything like that? It'd be interesting to know.
1: So thanks for listening to Pin Count. Show notes are online at pincountpodcast.com. You can find me on Twitter at Douglas F. Shearer and Ian is on Twitter at the underscore accidental. You can follow the show at, at Pin Count Podcast. We'd love to get feedback. Tweet us or use the hashtag AskPinCount for longer feedback, or if you just can't explain how long wrong we were. Ugh.
0: It's okay. You can explain how long we are as well. Write to us at wrong on the internet <laughs> at pincountpodcast.com. Should that not be long on the internet? com. We could have that too. So what, what's yeah. this you've got here about the worst brand and product name ever?
1: Yes, yeah, so I think I've actually put the link in now. Um,
0: what is it? This is a...
1: Cu- this is a company called Bro, I think they're actually called Broala. Bro, oh, like a koala,
0: and, but for bros? What? Right. Oh, they're becoming and, and, Corelight, apparently, someone's obviously realised.
1: Yeah, they've obviously realised. They make a product called Bro, which is like a network um, filtering uh Network filtering software and then make an appliance called the BroBox one. Oh, I got an cool. ad for this on the sidebar of, I think it was Facebook the other day.
0: I got a Facebook ad for European uh, Bus Co- Bus Expo 2017 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that amused me. Yeah. All, lo- all those
1: advertising algorithms are working so well. But I think this company, Bro BroAla, I mean, they're renaming, so they obviously know it, is one of the worst product and brand names ever, what? especially in the current climate.
0: What is this thing? I'm reading the description. I can tell it's literally plug and play, but I don't know what it does. <laughs> oh, I see. It transforms high-volume network traffic into high-fidelity data for my enterprise analytics pipeline. Okay. Go.
1: That's like 50% buzzwords. Yes, yeah, so it's just a network monitoring appliance that lets you see what's actually happening in your network.
0: This is an awful website.